0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the that! What a goal? This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. What <laughs> the.
1: sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show Domal Dury. I am your host coming everything sport, international and local. Thank you very much for everyone who's tuned in. Thank you very much for the messages, the gifts, all the presents we've had in here and everything else. I appreciate the love and energy and I promise you it's going to be a good show today. We're going to make it a good one. Louise, Flo, Fatoum, Fahad, Fatma, Zara, incorrect handle, Kulthoum. Uh, Maria everyone everyone thank you so much for tuning in Instagram live at Omar Alduri even if it's on 95FM Pulse95Radio.com our app Charger Broadcasting Authority if you're chilling at home watching us live on YouTube we're going to make it a good one right so since the other day when I had my guest on the show Mark Doherty by the way check out the episode it was awesome a lot of people were telling me Omar how are you not talking about the Super League I mean it was it was really funny every room I walked into people were saying Omar What's going on with the Super League? And then someone else say, What's going on with the Super League? And then I even I went to football. Shout out to all my football guys as well. I went to football, and then everyone at football was like, Yo, Omar, tell us what's happening with the Super League thing. I came home. My mom goes, I got this message today. What's going on with the <laughs> What's going on with the Super League? So yes. Today we are going to deliver what's going on on the Super League. That will be on the show today. The special one is gone. So what happens now to Jose Mourinho and why did it happen now? So Tottenham fans, you're going to get a bit of that kind of loving. um, And I'm going to take one for the team and actually put that out there. So that's regarding the special one. Now... Have you readjusted your activity based on your eating in Ramadan? We had on the show the other day nutrition Ramadan, and then the, the show before that, we were talking about training in Ramadan. But something that struck a chord with me was: have we actually matched the activity to the energy in the way we process and the way we do things? So, yeah, we're gonna be talking about that today as well. Of course, when we're going to be taking all your questions um, for the day on the episode, on the show, the Super League, Jose Mourinho, Tottenham. Ramadan, birthday love, all of that and more on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar
0: Adouri. Oh, on Pulse 95. Oh, he loves to fire that. What a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice draw.
1: It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. Thank you very much for tuning in and shout out to everyone who is locked in, whether it's on 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Charger, Broadcasting Authority, into the comfort of your own home, watching us on YouTube live. Thank you very much. Okay, right, let's, let's tackle this straight away. You know, I've had a lot of people that have asked me about... This specific situation now. The situation is what is the Super League? So okay, the the best league in the world, or the most competitive league in the world that generates the most revenue is the Premier League in England. Now, back in the 90s, the early 90s, we used to have a normal league which then could converted to Premier League, trying to put the elite of the elite in one league. Since then, we've had so many people that have taken over. Owners have come in, investments have been made, and the league has been an even better place regarding attracting the best players in the world. Football is one of those sports that brings everyone together. The fans, the stadiums, the cultures, the religions, where you're from, what you do, it doesn't matter. Football brings that together. Now, unfortunately, what's happened is COVID had struck and the global pandemic had affected fans being able to watch their teams play due to the restrictions. So the teams actually got a hit. Now, once they got a hit financially, they weren't able to sustain a lot of the payments that were being made and also to their staff, letting go of their staff as well. In the backroom scenes, you've seen people been released, but also the fact that how are we going to survive when this has never, ever happened before? So that was the first part of this situation now what's happened is the owners of these businesses of these clubs of these franchises have then thought how are we going to be able to make back the money that we have lost in the last 2 years let's say year and a half 2 years they thought about forming a super league now what they did is there were several meetings that were happening and it was ongoing not just for this year it's been happening for a while in fact it started off in uh, in 2000, where teams were talking about the idea of bringing the best of the best in a European Super League, similar to the Champions League format, except rather than having that where you have people, so-called lower clubs or not as big in terms of their revenue, in terms of their popularity doing basically a Champions League format with all the best teams. And so they picked the best teams who they thought would bring in the most money. Now, some of you might say those teams aren't exactly the best, but here's what they did. They went and approached the best teams in Spain, the best teams in England, the best teams in France, the best teams in Germany, etc., etc., and to try and bring them together to form the Super League. Now, the moment they did that, they thought that they could make this happen and earn x amount of money to be able to make back the money they've lost except the timing they picked was awful because this has pretty much hit the world where technology and social media is so powerful that the voice of the fans can strike through companies people everything and what these owners have done is i don't know why they've done this at this time but they've publicly announced that they will be founding members of a super league now there's been so many statements since then there's been massive things that have come out since then i'm going to give you now i've given you the intro to that what this super league was supposed to be the proposed format was 20 participating clubs competing annually every year they'd be paid x amount of money to compete against each other 12 clubs confirmed as founding members now have changed and have stepped off the board and are no longer participating in the Super League. 15 founding clubs were guaranteed to compete every season and five further clubs were to qualify based on domestic performance. The midweek fixtures with the clubs continued in respect to the National Leagues but then you would think that the the leagues would be very different because the teams that are in there, or at least prioritizing that, would be not as competitive, let's say, if your focus is on a different league. It was supposed to start in August of every year, and there was eight clubs to progress to the quarterfinals with the final being played in May, which would wrap up the season. After that, there would be a corresponding women's Super League, which would be added onto that. Which teams were these? Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Inter, Juve, Manchester City, Manchester United, um, with three members that were yet to be announced amongst those that were confirmed that they weren't going to be part of it was PSG and Bayern Munich PSG because of their ties with UEFA Alex Seferin and uh, uh, Nasser are very very close so they weren't going to get involved and Bayern Munich for obvious reasons were not going to compromise their league and obviously what they have done in the game to be able to back the Super League this is what was put out there from the situation that happened since then We've had Atletico, AC Milan, Inter walk away from the Super League. The English clubs have all stepped down from there. Ed Woodward has resigned from Manchester United. Jose Mourinho has left from Tottenham. Whether that's to do with the Super League or not, not quite sure. But it caused uproar. Uproar of the highest standard. Even more uproar than the racism. Black Lives Matter. All these factors. There were so many things here. And Patrick Bamford actually said it after his match when Leeds played Liverpool. Because pockets are being pinched, it's caused the uproar. But however, when we were talking about racism, there wasn't as much activity. UEFA weren't getting involved. FIFA weren't getting involved. We weren't getting statements from clubs. I actually am going to pick a club that put a statement out that I thought was really good. And this was while this mayhem was happening. Everton... A message out there and they said Everton are saddened and disappointed to see proposals of a breakaway league pushed forward by six six clubs acting entirely in their own interest six clubs tarnishing the reputation of our league in the game six clubs choosing to disrespect every club and whom they sit around in the Premier League table six clubs taking for granted and even betraying the majority of football supporters across our country and beyond at this time of national and international crisis and a defining period of our game, clubs should be working together collaboratively with the ideals of our game and its supporters uppermost. Instead, these clubs have been secretly conspiring to break away from a football pyramid that has served them so well. And in that football pyramid, Everton salutes every club, be it Leicester, Accrington Stanley, Gillingham, Lincoln City, Morecambe, Southend, Notts County, and the rest who have with their very being, enrich the lives of their supporters throughout the game and vice versa. The backlash is understandable and has to be listened to. This perpetual arrogance is not wanted anymore in football outside the clubs that have been drafted this plan. On behalf of everyone associated with Everton, we respectfully ask the proposals are immediately withdrawn and that the private meetings and subverse practices that have been brought out our beautiful game to possibly its lowest ever position in terms of trust and now Everton Football Club board of directors you see when I see stuff like that and that's why they called Everton the people's club when I see things like that it restores faith back in the sport that we love the sport that has brought so many people together where all of a sudden greed is not the highlight of the show. I think if this, if this had gone on, and it still might, by the way, if this had carried on and had actually gone through, then I think this would have been the final nail in the coffin when it comes down to sports and football in terms of us selling our soul to the ownership of these clubs. Now, don't get me wrong. These owners do some fantastic things. And we're talking about some of the most richest um, clubs in the world. The fact that now... The English clubs have withdrawn themselves. Public apologies have been made. You're looking at not just where the owners are from. Yes, America. Yes, Russia. Yes, uh, the UAE, etc. It's not just that. It's what they stand for. And so by them having helped and invested and lifted the clubs to be able to then just turn that around. That's probably the most disappointing part in it. However... One thing I can tell you that I don't think the Super League will go through if the Premier League clubs aren't there because the whole point of it was to be able to knock the Premier League off its porch because its, it's, it's value, its status, the rights that they have. And so that's why looking at the Glazers, looking at Kroenke, looking at Fenway Sports, looking at Abramovich, all of these people, now that they've stepped down, the fans have actually won. And here's where there is some faith in, in society. Because the power of social media, which sometimes we criticize and sometimes we say is not positive, has actually shaken the whole world of sport to the point where we're talking about this more than things are happening in our own countries, more than things are happening politically, more than things that are where we're losing lives and we weren't talking about it the way we're talking about this. What this has done is it's proven that we have a voice? So if we put that energy into things that matter, and I'm talking about people's lives, people's, you know, um, countries, their cultures, their religions, then there is definitely hope. So the way that this has all been spun around has just shown how powerful we can be if we're actually putting our energy for the right cause. But I want to hear from you guys. Text me on 4215-ITASALAT-ODU or, or sign into my DMs at Omar Alduri. We're going to take a short break. There's the Super League segment for you guys. I hope you've enjoyed it and I'll be right back after this. Enjoy. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri.
0: Oh, he loves the pilot What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strong
1: It sure is that time It's the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Thank you very much for tuning in Right, fire episode to start off with. Segment one was all about the Super League. I had so many messages asking me, people, yo, Omar, what's going on with the Super League? What's your take on it? How's this and how's that? Well, a lot of changes have happened now, and obviously, what it has shown is the power of voice that we can have. We put it all together, like we did with the Super League thing. If we put it towards more important things. The way things are going on in our own countries, the the, the tragedy, the start being lost, and we're not putting that kind of energy into it. But one thing I will say is we've actually used social media in a positive way. I was listening. Listening to radio, I was listening to podcasts. I was checking research online. I was looking at websites to see what was going on. Why did why such uproar? And that was um, something that I, you know, I came across in in the last couple of days. And it gave me a, actually an extra day to kind of do my research before I can actually present segment one. So if you did miss it, check it out on our YouTube later on Pulse 95 Radio Halftime Show. Right? Okay. So seeing that it's Ramadan, we've had like a, a nice special. Uh, when it comes down to the, the health and, and nutrition segment the first week we spoke about training in Ramadan and trying to adjust to that and how it was going to be how difficult that was going to be the second part was going to be having a specialist in nutrition culture a, a transformation specialist in Matt Doherty he came on the other day uh, Mark Doherty and he, he came on the other day and he was excellent you know um Really, really good. A lot of knowledge, a lot of uh, ideas on... He actually came up with something that was interesting. He said, I don't believe you should be training fasting. He said, because you're already losing 2% hydration levels. And listen, again, this is why we bring these people on board because they've got such contrasting opinions but really valid stuff. And he has a scientific approach to it. So he was saying that every person is different and we all vary, but he was saying that match match your training with your nutrition. And that kind of made me think about it. So I went away, I watched the show again, and I was thinking, interesting, now, am I matching my training with my energy levels? So, for example, normally we plan our training way ahead, and then from that point, we kind of see what we're going to do. But then the longer the day gets, the lazier we get. We think, oh, God, I can't, you know, I'm not really feeling it. But that's because our energy levels are down. Now, that comes down to the fuel, and the fuel came down to something he was talking about, which was fiber. Having enough fiber in your nutrition or in your diet, which will give you enough energy to kind of get through the day. Now, here's one thing for you guys. What if I told you that Ramadan and fasting, all you had to do was switch your body clock around? Meaning that normally we go to sleep at a certain time, we wake up at a certain time, we have breakfast, etc. We have our lunch, we have our dinner, then we go to bed again. Now, if I switch the body clock around and said to you, right, the time that you'd be sleeping is the time that you would already be hydrated and fueled. And the other time that you'd be active, you would then be fasting. How would you then plan your day? See, we've switched the same things. It's almost like people say nowadays that they actually eat more in Ramadan than they do normally. So now I'm telling you that if you reversed your body clock, how would it look like if you actually planned your day? according to your energy levels. So that's kind of something that I wanted to bring to the show today because we've discussed it on the show in terms of the training, we discussed nutrition, but matching the energy to it was really interesting for me. Carson is saying, fasting is more widely accepted as a legitimate means of managing weight and preventing disease. Absolutely. And this is where, again, you notice that your appetite and your brain signals off two different things. You probably think, and I'm one of those people, you could eat so much when you're fasting, when it comes down to that time, and you have the first couple of bites. If you pause or take a, take you know, take a, a, a step and go right, okay, I'm gonna actually take my time with this food. You get full a lot quicker. But because our brain is signaling, we got to devour. <laughs> we've got to devour this meal. That's when it gets a bit too much, and then we get a bit lazy. Then we're not gonna definitely exercise because we've had a nice fat meal, <laughs> which is not going to help us have any energy. It's just going to help us feel tired and more lethargic. So you see how it all goes hand in hand. So I'm asking you, if I actually put that for you in that format and ask you to reverse your body clock, how would you do it? And does that change the way you think about it? Now, tomorrow, when you plan your meals or you plan your training, will that switch it up? 4215, Etasalat a lot or do or start into my DMs at Omar Duri. And coming up next, we're talking about the special one is gone Jose Mourinho sacked by Tottenham why now what's happened is it related to the Super League or is it just Tottenham we'll be right back after the break enjoy folks
0: this is the it's Halftime, a Half-time Show with it's Omar Adouri, Adouri. on Pulse 95 oh he loves the fire that. what a goal this is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95 nice strike after the nice, wonderful... it's
1: time! It sure is that time. It's the halftime show, though, Malduri. What's up? What's going on, people? How are you guys doing? I'm in a good mood today. God, we're getting older, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to break that stereotype, though, for all those that wish me a happy birthday. I'm trying to break that stereotype. I'm trying to be in the best shape of my life in the next three years. That's kind of like my goal. So I'm going to set that there and I'll say it on radio so you guys can hold me accountable that I have three years to get in the best shape of my life. There you go. I don't want to use it aging as an excuse. I think that's very, very common nowadays. And yes, the body don't work the way it used to, but hey, the body still works perfectly fine. So we're going to make that work, hopefully, on the next Uh, three years of my plans. Right, okay, cool. So, talking about coaches and managers, one of the shocks, and maybe got like slid under, was with all the Super League stuff that was happening, it was very, very evident that you were going to get a little bit of news here and there that you might have skipped through or switched over. That news was that Jose Mourinho was sacked from Spurs that week so it was crazy how that kind of slid under the rug and people just kind of not ignored it but thought okay cool what about the Super League I was thinking the timing one week away from playing the cup final against Manchester City the first opportunity that Tottenham will get of actually winning a trophy yes they were in the Champions League final but they weren't going to win that we know that but the 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 cup final here I mean the Carling Cup this is a genuine chance to win a trophy and one thing we do know in, in one-off games, Mourinho is good and he's up against Pep Guardiola. And this was kind of like the chance that, you know, he could really, really do something with Spurs. But was that Daniel Levy saying, you know what, I can't, I can't keep him in any longer. Um, we need to get rid of him ASAP. And that was what was, you know, what was happening. It was very, very evident that that was happening, you know, at a time where... If they win the league, if they win the cup, if they win the league, if they win the cup, then all of a sudden, Mourinho's won a trophy for Spurs and he can say, I've done something that the the last 15 managers haven't done. And that would have been a huge thing for Tottenham Hotspur. Harry Kane has been in the news every single day. Is he staying? Is he leaving? He's probably leaving. Son, will he follow? Probably so. But why sack Jose Mourinho right then and there? It was... Something where there was strategy behind it. Daniel Levy comes up with a statement saying, I loved working with him, but it didn't turn out the way we thought. Well, that is short term. And, you know, who would want to be a coach in today's world? I'm studying for my license at the moment, and I have been for the last 15 years. The more I watch, the more I see what's going on, it's petrifying to be put in a situation where you're managing or coaching a club with owners that may or may not have the best at heart for you and for their club. We know that football's a business. We've learned about this more than ever that now the owners are making decisions based on business, not on what's best for the club, not what's best on, you know, progression for development, for grassroots, for the youth being able to to, to to shine and that's men and women's football we're looking at people now that are saying right w- this is a instant business this is like a fast food joint you're going in you're going up to the counter you're ordering you get to the next counter you pay you get your food and you leave whether it tastes good whether it doesn't you paid already you're out and if it doesn't taste good you probably won't come back again but you might get that craving and if you do get that craving then bang you're, you're in again for another one and here's the thing with Jose Mourinho. He's gone and he's won and they've called him a serial winner and everything. But have they given him enough time? With the squad that he has, should he have done better? Yes. Could he have done one more week, won a trophy and then been sacked? No. So that's why they let him go. Are Tottenham facing not qualifying for the Champions League, which means less money? Yes. And so that's why all these things that came into, into, into power, we know that Levi is a serial chairman. He is a killer. He will sack and he doesn't care what happens to the person. But who's going to come in next? And what's next for Jose Mourinho? That's a human being at the end of the day as well. Love him or hate him. A specialist in failure is what he called other managers. Well, it looks like right now he's probably eating up his own words. But there's been talk he might be going to Celtic. Someone said earlier on my feed that he probably won't come back to the Premier League based on Jamie Carragher. I'll tell you what. Here's one for you. One year's time... Everton don't reach the heights they were supposed to. Carlo Ancelotti is released and Jose Mourinho steps back in the shadow to take on Everton. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. That could happen. And if it does happen, every time you think you've seen the end of Jose Mourinho, he comes back. He's managed Chelsea. He's managed United. And he's managed Tottenham. He's managed three teams in one league. Name another coach that's done that. Exactly. There's hardly any, and sometimes you might get the Milan, Juventus, but not three teams. Three teams in one league. Jose Mourinho has done that. Could it be a fourth, or will he go somewhere else? Or maybe is he waiting for the Portugal job? That's another one that could happen. Or PSG is now taken over by Pochettino. Where there's there's rumours that uh, Nagelsmann will take over at Bayern Munich, but there's hasn't been confirmed yet. So there's so many factors out there. But where will Jose Mourinho go and was he treated harshly or was it something that he was it was coming all along right give you that to think about thank you again for the birthday wishes we'll be right back after the break see you guys
0: this is the halftime show with and Maduri <laughs> on, on, on oh 1995. oh he left the This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice.
1: Wonderful. It's time. It sure is that time. And it's almost full time on the Halftime Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. What a show we've had in store. Who's playing about with my computer? (laughs) What what a show we have in store for you today. We spoke about Super League. I mean, a lot of people were sending me messages saying, oh, what's your take on Super League? There's your your definition of what I felt about that. We spoke about adjusting your activity based on your eating, your energy levels in Ramadan as well in segment two. In segment three, we spoke about Jose Mourinho and the sacking of Jose Mourinho, the timing of it. Was it right? Was it wrong? And and actually, sometimes, you know, being a presenter, here's something I'm very, very guilty of. I was just talking now to the people on Instagram at Omar Duri and we were we were having a good chat about it. And I don't know how I went into a rant about coaching, but some of the best content <laughs> and the most genuine content that I will release normally, I might just miss it off air. And it might just be for those people that were tuned in on on my Instagram because I was talking about coaching. I was talking about management off the final segment that we spoke about with Jose Marie and everything. You, you know... Having been in the industry and still studying, obviously, for a very long time now, you can have the best, you can have the person with the most knowledge and the most experience, but not be able to deliver the message that he wants with people. Because he, here's the thing. Athletes are people. They're humans. The way we communicate, the emotional intelligence part of it is so is so key in being able to deliver a message how you handle someone personally both theoretically and also you know emotionally is is really important you can learn a lot from books you can learn a lot about research and and theses and everything but people skills is very hard and I'm looking at Jose Mourinho and the way that obviously he he had been dealt his card at Tottenham kind of made me think about it and who would want to be a coach now you know it's 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 really tough. Uh, Question, who are your favorite coaches and managers? Good question, Sophia. Um, So a lot of my coaches, the ones I've really, really learned from, actually um, aren't in the game, which is ironic. Uh, They're from different uh, backgrounds. So obviously on my show the other day, I spoke about Mr. Inwood, God rest his soul, a mentor for me when it came down to keeping me on a straight line uh, education-wise. When it came down to, you know, Tony Adams, for example, a leadership on a leader on the pitch, you know, uh, a person who took responsibility and was accountable for what he was doing. I had someone that used to um, drive me to school as a as a youngster as well called Salim, who, you know, kept me also uh, very grounded. No matter how well I did in sports, he was always someone that um, made sure I didn't I didn't believe the hype. Uh, So that's someone as well. But when it comes down to um, sports right now, I, I'm looking at, you know, the teams, I'm looking at the sports and, you know, in basketball, obviously, the, the, the Lakers generation, the Michael Jordan uh, generation, then you've got American football, you've got football, Bielsa, someone I believe. I, and here's something I just want to clarify. I've spoken about him a lot on the show, but the reason why I believe in him is not because of necessarily the teams he's managed, but the ideas and the plans that he has and he always sticks to what he believes in and that's so important as a coach you, you stay true to what you believe in I think that's that's key the obvious ones that people obviously look at is is, is you know um, Pep and, and Klopp and all that but I'll go even further back than that I'll go back into you know Johan Cruyff you know the, the let's say the godfather of, of coaching and I look at people like him and, and I have so much admiration for people like that so yeah I hope that answered your question Sophia uh, what's up Shea? Matt happy birthday thank you very much Wishing you all the best thank you um, and who else have I got here Inji's trying to call me Ingie only calls me on the show uh <laughs> Vicky, uh, Legend, Shakib, Samira, uh, and everyone else. And Divya, thank you very much for the birthday wishes, by the way, Divya. really appreciate it. We have reached full-time on the Halftime Show. Remember, coming up next is uh, oh, Big Hass and Anna Schofield. Legends in the game. We're talking about Legends today. Legends in the game. They're going to be right up after me. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. And I will see you again back on Saturday, 3 to 4, same time, same place. On the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse.